There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. In 1992, Linda Cooney shot and killed her ex-husband at her Florida home in front of their young son. She deprived those boys of having a good life. Nearly 20 years later, she would be charged with another crime even more shocking. I think that lady should rot in prison for the rest of her life. Hi, I'm Kareem Tapsh. And I'm Joey Dow. Beaches, nightlife, and tropical weather may be what folks imagine when they think Florida. But as Miami natives, we like to say that South Florida is a sunny place for shady people. Each week, we'll bring you a new episode of a true crime case committed right under the Florida sun. From the outrageous to the utterly bizarre. Think you've heard it all? Think again. This is Paradise Lost, Crime in Miami. So our story starts in Palm Beach. Now, Palm Beach is a super rich, super exclusive town on an island off the coast of South Florida. It's a tiny island, just four square miles, but a whopping 44 billionaires live there. There are so many billionaires on this island that they even have a road nicknamed Billionaires Row. And you've definitely heard of a lot of these residents, right? Bill Gates, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Jimmy Buffett. They've all owned mansions on Palm Beach at one point or another. So if you can be someone on Palm Beach, then you're hobnobbing with some of the most powerful people in the world. Which is where Linda Cooney comes in. So Linda was from Wisconsin. Her family had a farm. She moved to Palm Beach with the goal of climbing the social ladder. She was working at a law firm as a secretary. Now, she was very young, very attractive, and apparently one of her roles at this law firm was to entertain clients. And that's entertain in the nudge-nudge, wink-wink sense of the word. <laughs> exactly. At least according to Bob, Jim's brother. So she's off at a party in Palm Beach, and she meets James, or Jim Cooney, and they hit it off. Jim was a well-liked attorney and the oldest of eight from a prominent Palm Beach family. Attractive young secretary, successful lawyer, this sounds like quite the cliché. But for Linda, this definitely seems like the ticket she's been looking for to move up the social ladder. Right? Uh, and she locks it down. They get married and they have two boys, Kevin and Christopher. But, newsflash, 
This doesn't end as a happy marriage. Of course not. Now, this part's a little fuzzy, but basically Linda files a police report claiming Jim was abusing her. Shortly after, Jim files for divorce. So they have their two kids, Kevin and Christopher, who go to live with Linda. Jim would go to visit, but Linda would basically use the kids as pawns, according to reporter Jose Lambiet. According to Bob, Linda would withhold the kids from spending time with their dad unless he'd pay her some money. Sometimes he'd go over to her house to pick up the kids for a scheduled visit, but the kids would be nowhere to be found. But if he paid her some money, they'd magically appear. Uh, to be clear, this is not paying court-ordered alimony or child support. This is just extra money she wanted, usually about 500 bucks each time, and she'd exploit the kids to get it. So this goes on for four years. In February of 1992, Jim has enough of this. He gets a court order demanding Linda hand over their two sons for a weekend visit with him. He goes inside the house, and what happens next is a little fuzzy, but... Jim Cooney ends up dead on the floor, shot multiple times. Even worse, this all happens right in front of Kevin, their little boy. In one hand, he has his car keys, in his other hand, a knife. In a statement to the police, Linda said Jim was threatening her with the knife and she shot him in self-defense. That would seem like a fair reason for self-defense, but some things didn't add up. For one, there were absolutely no marks on Linda, no scrapes, no bruises. Now, that doesn't mean Jim couldn't have just come at her with a knife, but you'd think there'd be some type of altercation between them before it got to that. Also, during the trial, a forensic expert testified and said that they found gunpowder on Jim's palms, which would mean his hands were open when he was shot. So following this forensic expert's analysis, if his hands were open when he was shot, how could he be holding a knife? Exactly. That was what the police and prosecutors were saying. They believed the knife was planted in his hand after Jim was shot by Linda. Also, Linda wasn't the one who called 911. Kevin did. And what was Linda doing? She was calling her attorney. That's right. Kevin called 911, and once she realized who he called, she briefly talked to the operator and then hung up. Which is extremely weird. Right. I mean, now you could argue she was in shock or worried about how this would look to the police, and that's why she called the attorney. But still weird. So to figure out if this was self-defense or intentional, they call Kevin, her son, to testify at his mother's trial. Kevin's on the stand. He says he definitely saw something shiny in his father's hand. It could have been the knife, but it could have been his keys. I mean, to be clear, he never said he saw his father with a knife, but the shiny object description was enough to convince the jury that he might have had the knife and that Linda had acted in self-defense. She was found not guilty. Wow, all right, that definitely seemed like a close call for her. Yeah, I mean, even though she was acquitted in a court of law, she was not acquitted in the court of public opinion. People in Palm Beach did not see her as innocent. So she needed a fresh start. I mean, this is a good time to point out that Florida has a reputation for being a haven for folks escaping their past. Uh, for most people who need a fresh start, they move to Florida. But since Linda was already there, she decided her first start would be that other sunny epicenter of sin and excess, Las Vegas. But we know the story doesn't stop there. Because 19 years later, Kevin, her son whose testimony was keen keeping her out of prison, will get shot with the same gun that killed his father. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important. 
like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. It's the mid-1990s. Linda is acquitted of murder of her ex-husband, but there's an air of suspicion around her in South Florida. So she and her two sons move to Las Vegas for a fresh start. According to Kevin's ex-girlfriend, Linda basically cuts off communication with the Cooney side of the family, which would be Chris and Kevin's paternal family. Linda became their only family, and as such, she exerted an extreme amount of control over the boys. For one, she removed the doors from their bedroom, according to CBS. Yeah, uh, there was just a complete lack of privacy. But they dealt with it, grew up, and became adults, though still living with Linda. And eventually, they started to date. He was like the funniest, happiest guy I think I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I don't think I ever saw him, like, angry. That's Karina Taylor, Kevin's ex-girlfriend. She was a rising professional MMA fighter, and she told me she met Kevin at a Halloween party in Vegas. She describes Kevin as a fun-loving guy. He was also really creative. He would spend all year creating elaborate Transformers costumes. This guy was like one of the most talented people I have ever met in my entire life. He was like brilliant when it came to making costumes and anything that had to do with the art. He's a really tall and big guy, so he works as a bouncer. But he's so big, no one ever wants to mess with him, so he never has to get into fights. Now, Chris ends up becoming a cop, and according to Karina, he's the exact opposite of Kevin. His brother was always just kind of like the complete opposite of Kevin. Like, he was always very quiet. His demeanor was always very serious. He was very kept to himself. He wasn't social and outgoing like his brother. They were two complete opposites. So Karina and Kevin are friends for a few years, and then they start to date. And the next step, once you start dating someone, is you meet their mom. After a few weeks, I was like, hey, I was like, your mom lives here, you know? Like, why haven't I met your mom yet? And he's like, ah, you know, he was very apprehensive about it. 
he straight out told me, he's like, my mom is really, really crazy. And, you know, I don't want anything to happen. And me, I, I didn't understand what he was talking about. I'm like, oh, come on. I was like, I think if she's amazing as you are, then this woman's going to be great to be around. But looking back, she realized there were red flags before meeting Linda. Out of the few years that I knew Kevin, before we ever even started dating, I never heard one thing about his mother, ever. Not one thing. And knowing someone for that long and never hearing about any of their family, now that I look back on it, that's kind of weird. I never heard one thing about his mother or one thing about his father. So Karina keeps pushing to meet Linda and finally they set up a dinner. But before she meets Linda, Kevin needs to tell her something. He told me he, it was kind of an awkward conversation. He's like, there's something I need to tell you, you know, before you meet my mother. And I was like, okay, you know, what's up? And he was like, his mother killed his father because his father was trying to harm her and that she was in fear for her life and she shot him. And at the time I was like, good for her. I was like, you know, if someone's trying to kill you and you shoot them, good. They deserve to get shot. But the way he brought it up, it wasn't, I don't know, in my opinion, if I was to tell a story like that, I'd be like, yeah, she shot that asshole. He deserved it. He was trying to kill her. You know what I mean? And the way you tell the story, you would be like, yeah, good for that person. Good they're still alive for defending themselves. Whereas the way he told it was more of like a cautionary tale. In the Kevin's version of the story, did he mention at all that he was there when his mom shot his father? No. I didn't find that out until later. The way he told the story was like, it sounded like a version that someone had told them what happened or how to say what happened that you've done over before. That has been rehearsed. So Karina knows Linda killed Kevin's father, but at this point, she thinks it was purely an act of self-defense. No idea that she was put on trial, no idea that there was doubt if it was or wasn't self-defense, and definitely no idea that Kevin witnessed the whole thing as a young boy and his testimony was what got her acquitted. So not knowing all these facts until later, she goes to dinner with Linda, Kevin, and Chris. The first time I met Linda, we went to Benihana's and at dinner, she was the weirdest lady. I mean, she was nice and cordial, but the things she started saying about her son were things you do not say to a son's girlfriend unless you want to like scare them away or like embarrass the piss out of them. I mean, they were very inappropriate. She's at the dinner table talking about how she found all of this like anal porn and blah 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 all this stuff on kevin's computer that he was looking at and totally diamond him out and poor kevin i was like this lady's talking about this at the dinner table and we got a hibachi guy sitting there cooking our food listen to this lady's rant she just 
said a lot of things you should not say about your son when they have a girlfriend present that you're meeting for the first time. But one of the things that I do remember her making very clear that I was aware of was that she had a gun in her purse that she carried with her at all times. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, that's good for you. I was like, you should very well have a gun to protect yourself. I was like, you're an older woman, you know, I understand, I get it. So with Kevin have told me, with him having been told me that, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, good, carry a gun. If someone needs to be shot and your life is in danger, then you should pull the trigger and it should be done. You know, that's how I felt. So I didn't know the background crazy. I just knew that people had said she was crazy and was seeing now for my own eyes little bits and details of it. So let's backtrack for a second. Karina is just now getting a preview of Linda's dark side. What she didn't know was that Kevin's previous girlfriends never fared well with Linda. One was Clarita Kendall. She and Karina would end up becoming friends many years later. Now, Clarita is Asian-American. One day, Linda calls her up and just lets out a string of racist slurs. I mean, she calls her Shanghai Lily, Tokyo Rose, an Asian whore. This is way beyond overprotective and obviously extremely racist. Extremely. Clarita says she became obsessed with her, that it was beyond stalking, it was hunting. At one point, she was dropping Kevin back off at the house. Linda pulls up, jumps out of her car, and starts beating and kicking Clarita's car. She had to call the police. From Clarita's perspective on Linda, no one could have her son. And it's not just a jealousy thing. There was a level of absolute control over their entire lives. According to one article, Linda put child locks on Kevin's phone, blocking his phone from calling his girlfriend, who at the time was Karina. Karina says that they had to send emails to each other through Gmail to communicate with each other. It's like the virtual version of removing your bedroom door and having no privacy. And remember, we're not talking about teenagers. Kevin was 30 years old. Uh, let me repeat that. Kevin was 30 fucking years old. Kevin, did he have his own place or was he living there? Oh, no. Both the boys lived with, a, with their mom and had no doors on their rooms. Tell me about that. So they didn't have doors on their room? No, I didn't know that until, you know, like, I believe it was the DA are the ones who told me that they didn't have any doors on their rooms and stuff. And, like, Kevin, while we were together, he always liked to come and stay with me because he would always be like, it's so relieving to come to your house because it's so clean here and there's doors. And I didn't, at the time, know what he was talking about. I just thought it was some weird thing he was saying, being silly. Uh... But I felt really bad, like, once they told me that, that I understood why he felt like that when he was there and why he felt, you know, so much more comfortable when he would stay with me it was because he wasn't trapped, this big guy trapped in this little space. He lives at home. His bedroom does not have doors. His mother controls his phone's passcodes and who he can talk to. I mean, this feels very Norman Bates and Psycho. And it wasn't just Kevin. Linda had control over both of her sons. She has more control over Chris than she does Kevin. Chris does anything and will do anything for that lady and say anything. He is like mom's robot. That's how I would describe him. Where Kevin, he was definitely the one who would be like, if mom says no, he was the one who was going to be like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. 
So things escalated, and Linda sent messages to Karina's boss at a nonprofit calling Karina a succubus. And if you don't know what a succubus is, full disclosure, we did not. It's a demon in female form who has sex with men to manipulate them. I, of course, knew all about that. <laughs> um, so it would seem like Linda is doing everything she can do to keep women away from Kevin. Linda had already run through the million-dollar life insurance policy she got from Jim's death. So, financially, she relied on Kevin and his brother, Chris. And I'm assuming she did not have a job. Oh, of course not. And she, like, had her boobs done and Botox and fillers, like... She was a well-taken-care-of lady. Her hair was always done, and Kevin used to bitch about it all the time. But this is a 30-year-old man. You can't keep full control over him forever. And according to Karina, he was planning to move out of his mother's house. I said, screw this, you're either with me or you're not. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world, and I was like, I am not going to be some hidden little girlfriend because your mommy seems that she doesn't like me. Well, that sounds like the beginning of another argument. Mm-hmm. I left my friend, and he was like, you're not my secret girlfriend, you're my girlfriend, you're the person I want to be with. And I said, you're the person I want to be with. And we agreed from that point on that there would be no more hiding, his mom was going to have to deal with it, and we were going to have to all work together to make it work. And that was the night, yeah, that that happened. And then I think he got shot the next day. It's 2011, 21 years after Linda shot and killed Jim, Kevin's father. Kevin and Linda get into an argument. Presumably, Kevin was telling his mom that he was moving out. Again, what happens next is murky, but Kevin is shot in the neck, lying on the floor, bleeding out. When the police arrive, they find Linda in shock, not offering any explanation of what happened. The police said there were guns and ammo all over the house. Kevin was taken to a nearby hospital. It was really hard to see because, you know, he had a lot of stuff going on with him. And he could barely talk because he had a tube down his throat and he was in a lot of pain. But I did ask him, I'm like, who shot you? And he said, he mouthed, it was his mom. So three days after being shot, Kevin wakes up in the hospital. His first words are, I'm afraid of my mom, mom shot me. I mean, not only did he tell this to Karina, but he also told it to a few of the nurses as well. He repeatedly said his own mother shot him to multiple nurses. With Kevin's statement, police arrest Linda and she's charged with attempted murder. So with Kevin alive and able to testify about what happened, this seems like a clear cut case, right? Except for one thing. Kevin decides to change his story, take all the blame and defend his mom once again. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Kevin is in the hospital. He's alive, but due to the damage in his neck, he's permanently paralyzed. What were the extent of his injuries? So he was what you call an incomplete quadriplegic. A quadriplegic is someone who can't move from the neck down. An incomplete quadriplegic is someone who can actually move their arms still, but they don't have like normal dexterity in their fingertips. His first words waking up are, my mom shot me. In a police interrogation, Linda said she didn't remember the gun going off and painted Kevin as suicidal and trying to harm himself in the past. But compared to Kevin's statement, Linda is arrested and charged. Now, as Linda awaits trial, she's not supposed to communicate with Kevin, who is the lead witness. I was at the hospital pretty much every single day. I pretty much lived in that hospital while he was at the TICU. Every time I would come to the hospital, Chris would be there. He would be holding his cell phone up to Kevin's ear. And Chris would say, oh, it's just one of our friends or whoever. Bullshit. Chris was making him listen to his mom on the phone while he couldn't move in the hospital bed. Soon after these calls, Kevin's story starts to change. Now Kevin is saying he attacked his mom and he was accidentally shot while she was defending herself. Linda doubled down on putting all the blame on Kevin. She continued to portray Kevin as troubled. She said he was threatening her life. She also tried to paint Kevin as having anger issues and being suicidal. Does that sound accurate? Like I said, I was his friend for a very long time. That kid was always laughing and joking and having a good time. He was not one of those people that got mad and like started just cursing people out. He was nothing like that. There is also the story of the gun itself, the gun that Kevin was shot with, the 357. A 357. Not only was it the same type of gun that Linda used to shoot her ex-husband, it was the exact same gun. What was your reaction when you found out that the gun he was shot with was the same exact gun that killed his father? That was actually really shocking because you know, when you shoot and kill someone and then you keep that weapon, that turns more into like a mental thing that most people don't have where it's like a trophy, you know? That's not something you want to keep around because it's not something you want to remember when you kill someone. Now, there's another interesting fact here that's super similar to Jim Cooney's murder. Do you remember who Linda called right after she shot her husband? Her attorney, right? 
Right. It was Kevin who called 911. Well, guess who Linda called after shooting Kevin? She called Christopher, her other son, who's a cop. Now, again, this could just be from shock or panic and how this looks with shooting your son and self-defense or if he shoots himself. But she talked to Christopher for 16 minutes before calling 911. That's 16 minutes with Kevin, her other son, lying on the floor, bleeding out. Jesus. I mean, I don't know what Linda has against calling 911, but 16 minutes? That's a long time. And you were the only one who found this surprising. So, well, yeah, one thing I saw in the notes that I thought was really weird and interesting was, like, after Kevin was shot, that she called Chris first. First she called Chris, yes. And then she called for, the cops, I think. I yeah, think that's what it was. spoke to Chris for 16 minutes. What? Before she called the cops. See, that's another thing I heard, is that if she would have called the cops when she first shot Kevin, that Kevin would probably be still being able to walk to this day. I'm sorry. That really upsets me. I think that lady should rot in prison for the rest of her life. So the trial rolls around, Christopher takes the stand. He is 100% Team Linda. He said that his brother was hostile and violent with a history of losing his temper at home. Then he said his mother told him exactly what happened right before the shooting. He said Kevin was in a full-blown rage and struck Linda. According to Christopher, Linda said that Kevin was threatening to kill her. Also according to Christopher, the loaded 357 was always kept on the living room floor for home protection. Christopher said his mother told him she believed Kevin was going for the gun, so she grabbed it first and ran for the door, and that's when Kevin pried it from her hands. And it was during this tussle that the gun went off. According to Linda, she never pointed the gun at Kevin or fired it. So now Kevin testifies. Even though this is two and a half years after the shooting, he's still in the hospital. So he testifies via video. And like I said earlier, he's now taking the blame for everything. He says he was in a rage, he was super angry that night, he said he beat the shit out of her and that he was going to kill her. Wow, I mean, this is a complete 180, right? This is also like deja vu from like 21 years prior when Kevin's testimony is what got Linda exonerated from shooting Jim, his father. And prosecutors tried to push back uh, and they're saying that Linda was in control of the house, but Kevin asserted that no, he was in control. He said, quote, I tell mom what to do. Mom's the kid in this relationship, not me. Mom does what I say, or else mom gets the fist. That's the way it is. I mean, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but this sounds way over the top, right? Like, overcompensating to be the fall guy. 100%. I mean, now when prosecutors have him run through what happened, there are some holes in his new story uh, with the facts of forensics. So Kevin demonstrated the position of the gun. And from Kevin's demo, if it happened the way he described, the gun would have fired the bullet upward. But according to the state medical expert, the bullet was fired downward. Once this was pointed out, Kevin changed his story, so it ended up with the gun firing downward. Yeah, and like, we should point out that this happened in court. Like, literally in the middle of court, he changed his story right in the middle of the trial. Yeah, I mean, you know, just going from one thing to another. Uh, from the prosecution's viewpoint, this was all to protect his mom. So, I mean, you gotta ask, is he just being masterfully manipulated by Linda, or is there some deep-seated anger in him? And also, how do you explain what he said when he woke up to all those nurses, that he was in fear of his mom and that she shot him? The theory from Michael Becker, Linda's attorney, was that Kevin was upset at Linda for meddling in his relationships, and this was his revenge. To blame his mother? Yeah, 
uh, according to Becker, Kevin has now decided to come clean and take responsibility. I don't know if this is just me, but it sounds like a stretch. Uh, it does. Do you know why you changed the story? I mean, like, why would he like keep going back to his mom, like to her, like sacrificing himself, at, like at her defense? Come on, he's had thirty years of brainwashing. What do you expect? Both of those boys. Can you imagine? They lived their entire life with that woman, telling them what to do, and like brainwashing is a real thing. So when you get told stuff over and over and over and over for an extended period of time, you're gonna believe it. But there are some messages that support Linda's claim and back Kevin's new story. There are Facebook messages between Kevin and Karina fantasizing about killing his mom. He texted, quote, I wanted to kill her, end quote, and said he had spit in his mother's face and was about to crack. But he also followed these messages up with, quote, by the way, I'm kidding, end quote. Now, I've been a shitty kid before, so this is not totally surprising. I mean, spitting in your mom's face or even joking about killing her is awful, but this could just be venting about someone we know to be very controlling. I mean, we've all said awful things to or about our parents at one point or another. Sorry, mom. I think this sounds more like frustrated text instead of something premeditated. Now, the last witness that should help the prosecution is Kevin's former girlfriend, Clarita Kendall. This is the girlfriend Linda said all sorts of horrible racist things to. She had visited Kevin and says Kevin told her what happened when he was shot. According to Clarita, Kevin told her that Linda carried the gun in her waistband. He never said it was an accident. When he started arguing with his mom, he was sitting on the couch and that's where he was shot. This version better matches with the forensic evidence, which shows the bullet being fired downward. If Kevin was sitting on the couch and Linda was standing, she would have had to shoot downward. And in this version, it would also mean that there was no fight or tussle. Linda shot her son point blank. Right. Whether she intended to kill him or it was blind rage, who knows? But this was enough for the jury to find Linda guilty of attempted murder. When sentencing comes around, people are allowed to speak. Bob Cooney, Jim's brother, shows up. Bob reminded the court what Linda did to his family. He says he subjected the family to harassment, threat, injuries, and death. And he was also fearful that Kevin could still be in danger if Linda was released. Kevin didn't attend the sentencing, but he sent a note where he still takes the blame for being shot by his mother. And Linda still stands by her story, putting all the blame on her son. She says, quote, Unfortunately, my son Kevin carried with him an anger and rage disorder that he must have inherited from his father. Yet, I always protected, defended, and loved my son, and I would never have intentionally harmed him. What happened was his fault. It was an accident. Please have mercy on me, your honor." End quote. The judge did not have that much mercy. She was sentenced to 13 to 40 years. Now, the prosecutors have a theory that Linda's control started all the way back when she shot Kevin's father. They think Linda convinced Kevin back then that Jim would have killed them all had she not shot him first, and that Kevin believes he owes his mother his life. But this isn't the end of Linda's story. Linda appeals, and their argument is the first trial, the killing of Jim Cooney, should never have been brought up since she was found not guilty of that crime. Linda's attorney felt that, quote, the jurors probably felt that whatever happened in Florida, she must have gotten away with something. End quote. This was enough for the state Supreme Court to overturn her guilty verdict. Linda was released from prison in 2017 and is currently free. What? She's out? And you're not the only person who is shocked to hear this. The last article I found was she was released from prison like two years ago. She's out? 
Oh my god. I'm in California right now. Is she in Vegas? I know. I mean, I can't. I haven't found anything past like the last few years. I think this was maybe 2017 or 2018. Because when the last trial that was going on with that, I wouldn't have anything to do with it because I was pregnant at the time and like I was so like shook over. I I was like I can't go through this again. Like so, I don't know anything about that. Like you just like scared the piss out of me right now, telling me I did not know this. They were supposed to contact me on my phone and send me a letter in the mail letting me know if she'd ever been released. That's crazy. Uh, I The last I could find was she was, like, released in 2017. The Nevada Supreme Court ruled that her conviction was... They, like, they threw out the trial or whatever. They said that, you know, they overturned the conviction because they said that they shouldn't have brought up the the shooting of, her hus of, of Jim. She should have been found guilty to begin with when she first killed his father. She deprived those boys of having a good life. She took their lives away from them. And it sounds like she took a piece of, I mean, of yours too. I mean, it was that, you know, you put your, your MMA career on hold. Yeah, I pretty much quit after that. I think I only had like one more fight years and years later. I mean, I don't think I even really dated anyone for like close to five years or something like that like an actual real relationship until all of that after that happened. I mean, I used to, I was so in love with Kevin that you know when you send a message on Facebook and if they read it, their picture pops up and it shows you, so you know they read it. So for years, I would send a message to him on there because I would see his face pop up every single time I would write something. And so I thought like, oh yeah, he's, he can still see me and know that I still care about him and I'm still out here. But I guess uh, in speaking with the DA at a later time, I found out that no, it wasn't Kevin looking at those messages. It was Chris. I hope Kevin gets to hear these one day and like, you know, I know that his life has been hard after what he's gone through and what he's experienced. I still love him. I'd still like to say hi. You know, I would, I would. It might sound crazy. I would still like to talk to him. He's one of the only people who ever in my entire life ever made me laugh as much and feel as happy as anyone ever has. I missed that. Thank you for listening to Paradise Lost, Crime in Miami, where each new episode will bring you a true crime story right from the South Florida headlines. Paradise Lost, Crime in Miami is a production of Sonoro and Trojan Horse in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Network. Hosted and produced by Kareem Tapsh, Joey Dowd, and Christian Hadar. Edited by Angelina Mosher Salazar. Fact-checking by Evelyn Uribe and Sara Mota. Engineering by Mane Parra, Daniel Padilla, and Fernando Galaviz. Executive produced by Jasmine Romero and Joshua Weinstein for Sonoro, Kareem Tapsch and Alex Fumero for Trojan Horse, and Giselle Bansis and Kono Byrne for iHeart. Listen to Paradise Lost Crime in Miami on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at.
Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.